When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Dan, and this is our Tuesday pod. I'm here to tell you about Football Insider. First, go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a blue banner at the top of the page. You can get all the info. You can get signed up. What is Football Insider? Well, as you know, if you've been listening, you get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. You get a daily newsletter with exclusive content written by a member of our Browns team. Today, well, I should say Monday, it was power rankings that I put together off of the games on Sunday. That goes only to our Football Insider subscribers via that newsletter. And you get a chance to be a part of our tech subscription service where uh, obviously you get the text from us, but you also have opportunities to be a guest on our podcast, to participate in our post-game shows, our picks pod. Lots of great opportunities just for our text subscribers. So again, go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a big blue banner right at the top of the page. You can't miss it. Go there, get your information, get signed up. It's worth it. Here's our Tuesday podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Our trade deadline edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby here, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? Doing well, and also joined by Doug Maurice. Doug, how are you? Great to be here. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit of trade deadline uh, just to cover ourselves. We are recording this at uh, about 4.15 uh, on Monday. Let's, let's look at the Brown situation and let's figure out kind of what we think they might be thinking, what they might want to do, what they need to do, if anything. Um, th- this is a really interesting moment, I think, for this team because they're off to a really nice start. But I think we also know they're not necessarily a complete football team right now so to me the very first thing we have to figure out is who exactly are the Cleveland Browns right now on on November 2nd at the bye with the trade deadline coming who is this football team are they a bona fide playoff team are they a team that's going to fight for a wild card spot are they a contender more than maybe we might think how how do you guys kind of define this football team right now you know, I, I would say that this is a, uh, a team that's uh, firmly in contention for a wild card spot. I think they're still on track to get one of those spots. Uh, I think they still have a lot of victories in their future, the second half of the season. Uh, they still play uh, five very challenged football teams. They play five defenses that are ranked in the 20s. Uh, they play a number of football teams that have very, very few victories. Uh, so they have a lot of winning to do yet this season. I don't think that they are uh, a serious contender to go deep into the playoffs this year. I think the plan was for them to take that next step and maybe get into the playoffs. Uh, I set the bar at them winning a playoff game. So I, I still think they can do that depending on how they match up with their first opponent. Uh, but I don't necessarily expect them to be in the AFC championship game or anything like that. Uh, you know, I think that they hoped that, this offseason would be one where they bolster the defense. This past offseason was one in which they surrounded Baker Mayfield with everything that he could possibly need to be successful. 
uh, next off season, I think was the opportunity to kind of do the same thing and add uh, to the defense. So I don't think they're a player away from, you know, from doing something amazing this year. Therefore, I don't think they're going to mortgage their future uh, to go get like an Anthony Harris or something like that, who he isn't even having a great season as it is. Uh, but I don't think that they want to rent a player for ne- for the last eight games of the season, give up assets, valuable assets for that, uh, because I think that they feel they can accomplish what they want to and need to pretty much with what they have right now. I agree with part of that. And here's the thing. It's like, what, what does random guy in a podcast want them to do? And what are they actually going to do? So like Mary Kay Cabot is the, here's the informed take on probably what is actually going to happen. Here's crazy guy who wants them to trade everybody. Listen, draft capital is super important. They're set up for the future. They do have a couple extra picks in 21, right? They have an extra third and an extra fourth. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And I do think, I think they should make the playoffs. I think they will make the playoffs, but I think if, I mean, if they make the playoffs, they're going to make it by one game that that winning or losing one game here over the next over the last eight games is going to be the difference. It's going to whether they go 10 and six or nine and seven, whether they go nine and seven or eight and eight will be the difference between making the playoffs or not. And making the playoffs or not is a huge deal. And as far as like winning a playoff game, I mean. They're going to play either Pittsburgh or Kansas city in the first playoff game. So it's like, you know, but let's get in, let's get in. And let's, so I think it's possible they could make a middle tier trade that would increase their chances of making the playoffs by increasing their chances of winning a crucial game against Houston or Philly, or maybe even Tennessee. Listen, by the way, is it possible? Can I do a tangent here, by the way? We, 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 we took we took the Browns wins over the Bengals kind of for granted, right? It's like, well, listen, their line stinks, their their defense stinks. Yes, they have a revolutionary rookie quarterback, but he's still learning. All right, the Browns beat the Bengals. Who cares? What if the Bengals are good and the Bengals' biggest problem is they had to play the Browns twice so far? They handled the Titans. I picked against the I picked against the Bengals was wrong. Mary Kay, I think you might have picked the Bengals last week. No. No. I, no, I did not. They I went on four, by the way, on my pick. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that up. Sorry about that. They rolled a Tennessee team that we have been looking at as like, hey, look, Tennessee's coming on the Browns schedule. We're looking for good wins for the Browns, the people who think they haven't beaten anybody good. Maybe the Bengals are two good wins, by the way. So I would just like to plant that seed on any negative Nellies listening to this podcast. I think it's possible that a trading a third or fourth or fifth round pick for a safety that makes you 25% better on the back end might be the difference between Deshaun Watson hitting a 55-yard touchdown pass that changes the game in two weeks versus not hitting that. So I'm not, you know, if... I could throw out a Miles Jack trade, right? That it's like, hey, let's find crappy teams with good linebackers and say what the Browns should do. I'm not going to throw out a Miles Jack trade, but there are safeties. I mean, I think if you can, I wouldn't be against it. And I don't think a third or fourth rounder would be more, more getting the future. And I said at the post game and Ellis pushed back on it. It's like, I get it. Maybe your third or fourth round pick will really help you. But also maybe your third round pick will be Sione Takitaki, who they have decided they can't play anymore. His snaps are plummeting. 
So what do you, I mean, like, go get a dude who might help you. So Mary Kay, you're probably right, but I am absolutely here because I think the difference between, and I think this is an important part of the discussion, the difference between going nine and seven and not making the playoffs, but having like a successful winning year and you barely miss the playoffs versus going 10 and six and making the playoffs is actually quite large. Is that, do you think that's a big gap in terms of momentum for the franchise, giving the current players a winning feel, giving the fans a winning feel? Mary Kay, you're shaking your head. Yes. 100%. Yes. I think there's a huge difference uh, between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And I even remember, you know, just living through the 10 and six season when they didn't make the playoffs and there's just this big thud that happens at the end of the season. And so, yes, I absolutely think that uh, just from a, uh, a perception standpoint, a vibe standpoint, a free agent wanting to come here standpoint, and for many other reasons, making the playoffs legitimizes you, definitely. So you would trade a third-round pick to guarantee a playoff spot then, right? That would be worth it. Now, you can't do that. No, I, I yes, I, I would. I've never – I'm not opposed to – I wanted them to trade for Yannick Ngakwe, and I yeah. would have done that last week. I mean, I would have done that you know, in a heartbeat. So that's not an issue. I would do it. I'm just saying, I'm thinking that they're going to, they might end up just standing pat is what I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting. I don't know if it'll turn out that way because things change on a dime in the 11th hour. I mean, anything can happen between now and tomorrow at four o'clock. So the question is you, you, you can't make one trade that guarantees you a playoff spot, but the value of a playoff spot is pretty high. So what would you give up to increase your chances of a playoff spot by X amount, right? So, I mean, this is the dance, what they do, but I do feel like they have a little extra draft capital and what they're trying to reach. Again, I think we argued about it in the post-game podcast is are they at a point where there are, there is a difference between the levels they could reach. They are not at a Super Bowl kind of contender that could become a major Super Bowl contender, which is what some teams are but they are at a level of maybe make the playoffs to really probably make the playoffs. And I think that's a big gap. And I think that's worth going for it. If there is a deal to make, which is what a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about would say, make a trade. So here's, and I'm glad you brought that up Doug, Cause I was actually going to ask that question. Can you live with a 10 and six season? If that 10 and six comes without a playoff berth? here, here's where I kind of push back just a little, or I don't know, maybe a lot. You'll, we'll, we'll let you decide. Uh, the Yannick Ngakwe thing is, is a little bit different just because that's a, that's a guy that that's a cornerstone of your defensive line, right? You bring that guy in, you're going to pair him with Miles Garrett for the next five years, right? So that, that's kind of a different level player. And I think you're thinking long-term when you make that trade. That's not a short-term trade. I mean, it helps you in the short term, but you're, you're trading for Yannick Ngakwe because you want to pair him with Miles Garrett this year and five years from now. The trade I don't want to make is the trade where I'm looking at it and saying, this trade helps me beat the Texans. This trade helps me beat the Eagles. Because if you need to make a trade to beat one of those teams, I, I don't, that's short-term thinking at its, at its finest. I, I, if you can't beat the Texans or Eagles or the Jaguars without making a trade, then it's a miracle if you get to nine and seven or 10 and six and don't make the playoffs, like then you have overachieved. I, I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up a third round pick. I might give up a seventh round pick 
or whatever, to a pick in the next 2022, maybe a conditional fifth or something like that. But I don't think you're going to get a return that's going to make a huge difference. I'm just not making a trade that's going to help me beat the Texans or the Eagles in 2020. I, the trade I'm going to make is going to be one that, yeah, maybe it helps me now, but it's also going to help me next year. It might help me the year after that. I always go back to the Ronnie Harrison trade, right? You traded for a guy, you gave up a fifth round pick, you control him into next year. The, the ceiling on that is maybe he's your safety next to Grant Delpit for a long time. Your floor is, as we've seen, you got a pretty good player who you can put on the field and, and he'll make some plays for you. Um, I, that, that's the sort of trade I'm looking for with a little more control beyond this year. But you're saying you don't want to make a trade to just help you beat the Eagles or the Texans, except beating the Eagles and the Texans might be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So it's not about like winning one game. It's about making the playoffs or not. And on one hand, so like linebacker, they knew would stink. They just didn't spend any money there. I mean, like you get what you pay for. I don't think anybody's shocked. Listen, man, if they had Grant Delpit, they wouldn't have to trade for a safety. They had a plan. And their plan got hurt in camp and has been killing them all year. And the two safeties they did sign in the offseason, Carl Joseph and Anderson Deho, are not very good. And they have been proving that for the first half of the season. And guess what? Carl Joseph doesn't play anymore because Ronnie Harrison, who you made a trade for, which you liked, which you just said, took his job. Carl Joseph, he's not going to play very much now unless somebody's hurt, probably, right? His So... I understand Sandejo sets the defense and he's like second on the team in snaps. He's the 24th rated defender on this team. His level of production once the ball is snapped stinks. If you had Grant Delpit, which was the plan, you would help that. Also, you took a shot on him and I think you were wrong. They took a shot. It's a bad signing. So if you can patch that hole and we're on the road to playoff town, baby, and the tire... We're losing a little gas in the tire, a little, a little air in the tire, Dan. So listen, I get it. We don't have time to pull over and get a whole new tire. We'll get a new tire in the offseason. But I don't want to have to walk the rest of the way to playoff town. I want this car to get us there. So I'll trade a fourth round pick to patch that tire and get us there. Because the difference, honestly, I, of course it's all about the future. Their future is not going to be predicated on this third round pick that they might trade to patch a hole for eight games. They'll be fine. It's not the difference. What Jacob Phillips, Sione Takitaki, the third round pick, are they changing the world? So I'm willing to do it. That's all. But I, but I would not be dismissive of like making one trade for one game. One, one game might make all the difference for a team that has the largest playoff drought in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it, it will be interesting to see what happens because if you, if you notice, obviously, um, both the Ravens and the Steelers have decided not to stand pat. They have added defensive players. Both of them have, I mean, they have pretty darn good defenses as it is, right? But what did they do? They went out and they made trades for really good defensive players to take them up a notch because they know what's at stake here. Uh, they also probably uh, fancy themselves Super Bowl contenders. I know both of them do. So uh, for them, that was worth it. So we'll have to see how Andrew Barry approaches this. If he feels that, uh, you know, that they can just kind of hang back. Uh, I think yesterday's game may have created a sense of urgency a little bit on the defense. 
uh, you know, first of all, you've got Miles Garrett now who's getting a little bit banged up. Once you get an ankle injury uh, and your miles, I mean, it can lead to residual injuries and you start to find yourself with little uh, bumps and bruises, ankle. Now he's got a knee, uh, you know, he might, I mean, they think he's going to be back and just fine from Texans on, uh, but you can see what happens when he's not on the field. So if they could do something uh, that would bolster their defense a little, knowing what happened yesterday, knowing that they need something else, they need a little bit more oomph. They need a, a little shot in the arm. If they can find something, uh, then I think they'll do it. Uh, as of uh, as of yesterday, I'm I you know I work the phones. I try to call people. I try to figure out uh, if there's anything cooking. I I haven't felt like there's anything front burner. Uh, but once again, sometimes those situations don't present themselves until the eleventh hour. For instance, George Kittle uh, in in San Francisco is potentially out for the rest of the season. Now uh, the 49ers and, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out for a while too, but you know, maybe the 49ers are now in the market for a tight end, whereas they weren't before. Now, would they be interested in David Njoku? I don't think so. They weren't before. Uh, will they be now? I doubt it. I don't know. Uh, but their situation has changed. So after this weekend's games, uh, there were a lot more injuries. A lot of things happened. Ronnie Stanley went down for the Baltimore Ravens for Pete's sake, right after he signs an enormous extension. That's huge for them. Uh, so all of a sudden people have different needs and wants that they didn't have before. Um, so the picture changes and uh, I wouldn't rule out a deal, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't make one. And, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm opposed to any trade. It had, had the Browns gotten Desmond King for a sixth round pick. That's fine. That, that's a, that's really good value right there. That's getting a player, see what he can do. You gave up nothing for it. I couldn't care less about, you know, those sixth and seventh round picks to be honest. But when you do start to talk about, and, and Doug, you're right. Look, Sione Taki Taki was a third round pick. Joe Schober was a third round pick though, too. There's value in those third round picks. When you start to talk about giving up day two picks, just to maybe go make 10 and six instead of nine and seven and make the playoffs instead of not making the playoffs. What if you can do that without making the trade? What if you fall one game short because your secondary got burned in the last five minutes against Deshaun Watson. And you think, uh, we could have made the playoffs if we made a trade. I mean, we can, then, what if it to death? I mean, to me though, your worst case scenario is you don't make a trade and you know what? You finish with a really good record and don't make the playoffs. I don't think that wow. changes the trajectory of this they, team at all. They have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. I am not going to be as dismissive of playoff chances as Dan Lobby is going to be on this podcast. I will tell I, you that. I would love it if they made the playoffs, but I don't want to. You just don't want to give. You just don't want to give up a third round pick to give them a better chance of doing it. Yeah, you give up a third round pick to lose by 30 to the Chiefs. Okay, great. That was awesome. Are me, you kidding me? To me, if you make the playoffs, great. But I don't think it changes the trajectory of this team or the outlook of this team if you go nine and seven or ten and six and you end up as the end up in eighth place. But you think the third round pick that you're holding on to does change the trajectory of the team? They have an extra third round pick. They have an extra third round pick in 2021 because they made a trade with the Saints and moved down 14 spots in the last draft. And they got an extra third round pick for moving down 14 spots in the third round. 
that's my patch the tire pick. You pre- it was get it for free. And they picked Jordan Elliott, who, by the way, is another third round pick who I don't know is fine. I guess. I don't know. I like, show pick out Joe Schobert, the one third round pick in the last 10 years. Who's <laughs> done anything. I'm telling you third round picks are not changing this franchise's future. You know, what would change the franchise making the playoffs. I'm not asking to mortgage the future. And I'm not asking you to trade for a guy who is now going to cut into your ability to sign Denzel and sign Baker and sign all the guys long-term that you young guys you have coming up. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just not against a rental, a, you know, a guy who's medium priced would help you and sticks around. Great. But I, I think if there's a safety rental, and again, I, I, I sent you, who'd I say? Jerron Harmon from Detroit, from Detroit. He's a veteran. Detroit got him for a fifth round pick from New England in the offseason. He's like the third highest graded safety on PFF. The Lions stink. You made a good point. Well, they're, they're, everybody's up there probably is getting fired. So I'm not sure they're trading good players for picks. But play the game of find the 10 worst teams in the league and try to trade for their best safety, offering a third or fourth round pick. I'd play that game. They're fine. Andrew Barry, man, he's going to manufacture picks. He's going to trade down and trade up, and they'll have picks coming out of their ears. Trade one for a guy that can help a back seven. Because that's the thing. you got to have plans. And what this front office is going to have is plans. Grant Delpit, if they had Grant Delpit, we wouldn't be here. That's a devastating injury, as we have talked about on this podcast. When you guys said last week, what's the injury that killed him the most? And you gave the great Grant Delpit answer. And I was like, yes, you're right. They had a plan and it got blown up. And the other part of the plan was a couple free agent, cheap free agent safeties in the off season. And neither of them are very good. So you had one where you kind of missed one where the fates intervened. And the result is back seven issues. Ronnie Harrison was patch number one. I just think you might need a second patch and I'm willing to pay a third or fourth rounder to get it. You know what we always forget about is uh, the other plan in the secondary was your other starting cornerback that they don't (laughs) have, right? I mean, we always forget uh, that Greedy Williams is not out there. And so two of their starting defensive backs who they, you know, two second high second round picks that were supposed to start every single game this season have not been out there. Now, Greedy Williams had his issues last year. We can all agree that he really needed to take a step up this year. From all, by all accounts, he worked really hard in the offseason, and I think that uh, you know, it would have been at least interesting to see uh, if he could have taken his game up a notch. So uh, I, I for sure wouldn't be opposed to some kind of a, a trade there in the back end. The other thing uh, that would be kind of interesting would be you know, without, without Odell, you know, you really don't have that you know, strike the fear into the defense kind of receiver. Uh, and I, you know, there's not a lot of those guys sitting around out there waiting to be traded for, but I, I do think that you, you might be able to find somebody that you could bring in here. It would have to be somebody that understands the terminology, somebody that has played for maybe Chad O'Shea somewhere uh, in the past, Brandon Cooks or somebody like that, uh, that, that you could just kind of plug in, uh, you know, sometimes you have to worry about that chemistry with, you know, with your quarterback, um, but, you know, that might be a situation where, you, you know, you take a flyer on a guy that could uh, loosen up uh, defenses a little bit and, and give you somebody else uh, that can kind of, you know, take the top off a little bit and somebody that you have to game plan for a little bit more. What would you rather have? 
if this team made it, if this team had two trades on the table and they could only make one, would you rather have that receiver or would you rather have a safety? I'd take a defensive player. I would take a, a safety or a linebacker, I think. And um, obviously the point about how Odell's presence changes, how a team defends you is huge. But I just think um, there's just enough breakdowns and guys losing individual matchups. It feels like on the back end that if you got a guy who, who decreased how often that happens, I think that could make up for it. And I just think when you get Chubb back, when you get Hooper back, if Jarvis heals up a little bit, I think the the level of the offense will raise will rise up enough that you would be able to survive without the receiver. What do you think? What do you guys think of Anthony Harris? Because that's one that I looked into, but that is also one where. Uh, it would be an, an eight-game rental at this point, and uh, he is playing under the franchise tag of $11 million. You would have to give up probably a, a significantly high pick to get him, uh, and then you'd be looking at trying to sign him to a long-term deal, or you just kind of rented him for, you know, gave up that pick for, for eight games. Uh, he's, I think, he was 34th among safeties heading into the weekend, uh, and he's somebody that I think could possibly be had. I'm here for it. And Stefanski probably has a read on him, right? Right. I mean, Stefanski has a read on, is that a guy I want on my team or not? So that's enough little extra intel that if Stefanski would go for it, if Stefanski says, yeah, that guy can help us win, then I'm in. Right. And, and look, if, if you think you're going to resign him, if getting him in your building helps, because sometimes that does help. Get a guy in, get him in your building, get him around the culture you're trying to build, get him around Joe Woods, get him into that system. You know, that, that's, that's a guy that is, could be a long, longer-term impact guy. Obviously, there's the contract. Obviously, you'd have to re-sign him. Um, that, that's a big kind of caveat in that, and maybe you don't know that until the offseason. But here's the other thing on that. They have ideas of how they want to structure a roster, right? They have ideas of how much they want to spend on certain positions. Maybe they don't want to spend that much on safety and linebacker based on what they did in the off season. I think we could assume that. So the idea of Harris that you only want him, if you can sign him, I don't know that they want an $11 million safety ever for any reason, but for half a year, when you have the cap space to do it, like it's not, it doesn't, if you just get him for half a year and you give up the pick and you do whatever, you do the rental, you don't have to make a decision on roster structure long-term. And well, if we give safety money there, now we can't give as much money to a pass rusher or whatever. You just get a good player for right now to try to help you be better for eight games. And then you just be prepared to move on. I'm not sure that's not a better idea. And then in the off season, you take another shot, you have Delpit. And then you take another shot on a cheap veteran and you hope you pick better than you did with Joseph and Zendejo. And then guess what? If you pick bad again and your cheap veteran safety stink, then make another trade for a better guy at the deadline next year. So I I actually think there's a version of Harris as a rental that totally makes sense for a team that has some financial wiggle room right now. How about, um, how about David Njoku? He wants he wants out. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I would trade David Njoku for whatever anybody would give me. <laughs> I, I just I I don't know. I don't know why they're so. I guess this is just a weird case where I just don't understand why they're so all in on him. I mean, I guess if they really truly believe he can be 
better than what we've seen, okay, but I just don't understand why this is where they're kind of drawing the, like planting their flag. Like we we're not going to trade David Njoku picked up his fifth year option, which again, it's not guaranteed. It's only guaranteed for injury. I, I, this is another one of those cases where I'd be curious if it were guaranteed, if they would have actually done it, but um, I don't know. I just don't understand why they're kind of planting their flag here. If he really wants out and, and look, he didn't help himself on Sunday with that, with that drop. Yeah. I just think, I just think that they feel the value that he brings them on the field right now, this year in this tight end heavy scheme. And also as an insurance policy against injury, like with Austin Hooper having to undergo surgery that I think they feel like he's a good enough player, a good enough threat in the red zone can get you some touchdowns uh, that what they can get for him in return is probably nominal. And therefore uh, that he brings, he has more value to them with them than what he can bring in a trade. But I don't know if he doesn't want to be here. Uh, and, and if you think that he can help bring you a defender, I I'd be, I'd be on the phone trying to work that trade. I, I made a joke when he had the amazing touchdown catch from Baker against Cincinnati of like <laughs> Baker just uh, negated his trade request, right? That that was, but Dan, I don't think it's too much to say that that drop against the Raiders, I guess, let me ask you this question. If, in a must-win game, if in week 17 and the Browns need to beat the Steelers to make the playoffs, and they are throwing a third and eight pass in the final three minutes to David and Joku, that is basically a do-or-die pass. If they convert this first down, it's third and seven, the ball's in the air, he's eight yards down the field. If they convert the first down, they're setting themselves up for the game-winning score. If they don't, they're in trouble. Do you feel good as the ball is in the air? headed toward David and Joku. If you are you two Browns veteran watchers or Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry, do you like that situation or is that ball in the air and you're thinking he's going to drop it? Well, as you know, I'm lukewarm about making the playoffs, so I don't really care. But no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I am uh, I am very nervous about that football while it's in midair. And you know what? Njoku's career with the Browns has been make the spectacular catch and then – drop the easy ones. And sometimes we might overrate drops just a little bit, but that usually comes with a guy who has a track record of making catches. And unfortunately, Njoku just doesn't have that. Um, I'd, I'd be pretty nervous in that situation while the ball's in the air. You know, I, I think he's, I think he has gotten better. I think that he, uh, I think he's learned to concentrate more and I think he is more consistent now. He didn't get a chance to show any of that last year because he was out for 10 games with a broken wrist. And so he's just kind of had a, a weird career, but I think he is kind of ready to be a way better receiver than he has been so far in his career. So I, I can kind of understand where they're going with it uh, because I don't know, he does kind of have a knack usually for catching a touchdown pass for getting open. Uh, and, and I do think that he can be a good red zone threat. So I get it. Um, I think I'd feel okay in that situation that you're describing, Doug, but, uh, but I would also, it's also an area where I think they do have enough talent, enough of a surplus that they can accomplish the tight end position effectively and also perhaps add to the defense and maybe make the playoffs. Are, are either of you, are either of you mad if David Njoku goes somewhere else and has whatever, like a 2018 type season for some other team. Would, would that like, 
are, are we going to be saying, oh, I can't believe they gave that guy up? Or do you just kind of, I don't know, would, would that upset you? Would that make you say, boy, the Browns made a big mistake? Or is that just sort of the cost of doing business sometimes in the NFL? I think, I think teams do give up on guys too quickly sometimes. I don't feel that would be the case with David Njoku. Like if they did move on from him, I, I wouldn't feel like, man, why didn't you give him more of a chance? I would feel like, well, they kind of gave him a chance. And like, if he goes and does something, that's fine. So I, I would be okay with that. Cause like Dan, to the point you just made about sometimes we overrate drops, especially with guys with track records, Jarvis had some drops on Sunday, right? If the ball is headed toward Jarvis on third and eight, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. Right. I'm not, I don't care if Jarvis dropped a couple passes the last couple games. I'd feel good about Jarvis. I would be nervous about David and Joku. So it just feels like if they can, if they can get something and they have other guys at the position, if he goes on and has a great career, I think you'd have to live with it. Cause I don't think it'd be cutting bait before you really had a chance to find out about him. You know, I, I think my, uh, one of the reasons why I would not mind seeing that happen is because I sort of feel strongly that if you're trying to create a culture you want everybody that's here to be really excited to be here and to be really bought in and on board with what you're doing 100%. Anything short of that, I don't want you here. So if he doesn't want to be here, uh, then, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want to let, you know, have him let the door hit him on the way out. I would be like, okay, go have a nice career somewhere else and, you know, we'll take that safety or we'll take that draft pick or whatever the case may be. That's a, that's a big part of it for me. And listen, Duke Johnson was a nut, was a good loyal Brown here for several years. And then kind of got, I thought he got put through the ringer a little bit. He kind of, and he's done, you know, they got traded to Houston after the trade request and he he's done some okay things with the Texans, but nobody with the Browns cares because they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So like, who cares what nobody's like, oh, oh, did Duke Johnson have an 11 yard run for the Texans? Why did we trade him? So listen, if you've got Hooper and you've got Bryant and they're going to keep emphasizing tight end because that's what Kevin Stefanski is going to want to do. Then if David Njoku goes and has 85 catches somewhere, you figure they'll have good tight ends here to replace him. So good luck to him. All right. I think we have covered all things uh, trade deadline here. Uh, so yeah, did, do, do we miss anything? Is there anything out there that you guys are thinking trade-wise? Mary, I, I would both, just like both to, of you actually want to say something here. So I, I would just like stuff. predictions, predictions before we go, not necessarily more on, will they do something? Will they not do something so that we can be on the record mostly so that I can be wrong, but Mary Kay, go <laughs> ahead. Um, well, the other thing that I was going to say is I still think that if they could find somebody that could get to the quarterback a little bit, and there's not a lot of those guys sitting around out there. Uh, but there are a few, Taffers, McKinley. I mean, there, there are some guys uh, that can actually uh, rush the passer. And since they are really in need of that, uh, that's another place that I would probably look over these next 24 hours. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say mm, one, maybe one super minor trade for a late round pick for somebody that we haven't really heard very much about. You know, the one thing to think about with this is, and do you guys agree with this idea? There are players, there are good, solid players on dead teams right now. And I like McKinley. I remember him coming out of the draft. Whether you're with the Falcons, whether you're with the Jets or the Giants or the Jaguars or the Vikings, that you're just having a miserable season, that you would view coming to Cleveland as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, hey, I'm going somewhere to win. 
that that's another thing of like, sometimes it feels like when the Browns in the past have been, you know, Jamie Collins came here in a trade, right? That was a trade. That was like, Hey, look at Sashi maneuvering. They got Jamie Collins. He came from the Patriots. He came to the Browns. That's a big step down. He didn't want to be here. He never wanted to be here. And he played like he didn't want to be here. And guess what? He's not here anymore. And he's good again. It's like he was good before he stunk when he was here and he's good again. If you're making a trade now, I think you will get a player who plays better when he gets here. So just for instance, Anthony Harris, right? Maybe not great and out great this year. Maybe Minnesota's season has been a train wreck. People thought they were going to be an NFC contender. They're terrible. He might, he might look like himself again coming to the five and three Cleveland Browns. So I think that adds to the reason of maybe why you do something. So I'll say they take a shot. I'll say they, they take a, I'll say they, they, they do something with a mid round pick that is a little more than throw a seventh rounder at a, eh, try it. I'll say they take a shot who knows what it is, but that the opportunity presents itself. And it's a Harrison, Ronnie Harrison, like trade for a guy who immediately plays important snaps for this defense at linebacker or at safety, maybe even corner. And that they give up like a third, fourth, fifth round pick for it. And we don't know what it is, but when they seize, when they see the opportunity, they seize it. And I'll be back on the picks podcast on Friday after they do nothing to wallow in my incorrectness as usual. I am going to say that they make a trade. I think the compensation, I don't know if you guys hear my dog barking in the background. He's yelling for them to make a trade. Apparently Uh, I'm going to say that they, they make a trade. It's going to be, I I like that Ronnie Harrison compensation. So we're talking fifth, sixth round area, maybe a sneak up into the fourth. I think it's going to be for a receiver. That's my prediction. Everybody's talking linebacker and safety. I think they're looking at this situation and saying they want somebody that can stretch the field a little bit and open up that running game for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think if they make a deal, it's going to be something for one of those receivers out there. I could, I could hear, if I, if I heard it correctly, I believe your dog was saying, (laughs) make the playoffs, playoffs. (laughs) I I might've misheard that though. Well, I'll have, a, I'll have a chat with him about that. <laughs> Doug, you frame me as the guy that doesn't want the Browns to make the playoffs. <laughs> Again, I, I mean, you guys are still, I thank, mean, I've done, a, I've, done Trevor. I've done a lot of podcasts with you guys, but not as many as I have done on Ohio State. Framing people into opinions they don't actually hold is one of my specialties. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, that's going right. to be the headline that that will be, you know, we were looking for a good headline for this one. So <laughs> lobby does not want the Browns to make the playoffs, but I think that has a, a really nice ring to it. And I don't lobby, think I'm Bobby has plans first weekend in January. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to come onto the uh, pick spot this week. How can the Vikings beat the Packers? I mean, come on. I, I mean, I just can't win. I can't it, win. It was a weird, it was a weird week. I mean, there was a lot of, which again reinforces of like weird stuff happens sometimes. I mean, Buffalo got a win that they probably shouldn't have gotten against New England. The Vikings win. Um, there was just, you know, the, the, the Dolphins, the Dolphins beat the Rams with Tua. Like Tua, Tua gets a win in his first game. Tua like complete like four passes and they got yeah, special teams. Yards, and he and the, the Ravens outplay the Steelers and Lamar gives the ball away like four times and they lose. I mean, there just were a lot of weird. And again, the Bengals beating the Titans. 
I think people, I thought the Titans were like a, a real threat yes. to get back to the AFC championship game. Maybe not quite at the Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Kansas city level, but certainly right there, very close. And they got burrowed, man. They got burrowed in a big way. And every, every issue, honestly, every issue that you think the Browns have on defense, listen, man, that's Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel cares a lot about defense and Joe Burrow and the Bengals did the same thing to Tennessee that they did to the Browns. So listen, man, defense can be difficult sometimes. Yeah. They're ranked 26th on defense though. Surprisingly, you wouldn't think that about the Titans this year, but uh, they are struggling on defense and they go into that category of five more games for the Browns against defenses ranked sort of like 23 or, or lower. I, uh, I told you guys I'm tired of going against Joey covers and it worked for me. It worked out in my favor. Not that I Brilliant. thought the Bengals were actually going to win, but I was just tired of being on the wrong side of that guy. Oh my God. Every no lo- there was no logic or anything behind it. I was just, I was just sick of losing to that guy. I'm just going to do the opposite. Didn't you say you're going to do the opposite of whatever you think that was going to be right? It's I the summer, summer of George approach. I, I really put thought into these picks and I was feeling good about every one of them, except for the Browns beating the Raiders. I wasn't sure that one was going to happen, but all the rest of them, I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to look good. Next ah. yeah. <laughs> oh, ne- never gamble. Never oh. gamble. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for our Tuesday edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. You get your podcast. We'll have a, a new guy to watch the tape coming up on Tuesday. I know that we'll also have our picks pod on Friday. Doug, do you know the topics yet? Forgot to watch the tape. Uh, Ellis is going to talk about Baker Mayfield and his first read and whether he locks on to that too often. And I think Scott Pasco is going to deal with uh, the Browns run defense, I believe. Okay. Uh, no bye week for us on the pod, man. We're bringing you seven full pods all week long. So make sure you are subscribed to that. And of course, check out football insider, Head to cleveland.com slash browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page and get yourself signed up. For Mary Kay and Doug, I'm Dan. 